summary of the Sikha. And the Pasuk in this week's Parsha, Avram added, and he took an, a wife, and her name is Ketura. So Rashi explains, Ketura, this is Hagar, Zu Hagar, that's the same Hagar. And she's called Ketura because her, the Ketura is from the word Ketiris, her behavior was as pleasant, as beautiful as Ketiris. And that she closed up her opening, in other words, she made herself exclusive to Avraham, even after they separated, she never married another person. She was dedicated only to Avram. That's Rashi. So we have to understand, why does Rashi, first of all, why does Rashi decide that it has to be Hagar, according to Pshudosh Mikra, that Ketura is Hagar? Also, and rather, especially, that according, when you say by Yosef Avram, it would seem that it was something new that he hadn't done before, as the Medrash, in, in fact, asks. Then also we find that Rashi says both in interpretations of the word Keturah, why she's called Keturah, not as two separate, two separate explanations, but one following the other. She was called Keturah because her behavior was as beautiful as Keturah, and because she made herself exclusive to Avraham. Not as two separate explanations, whereas the Medish seems to have it as two separate explanations. So why does Rashi see it as one long explanation? Another question. Rashi himself said that when, uh, when Avram sent her away, she went and she wandered in the, in the desert. So Rashi says she went and wandered means she went back to the idol worship of her father's home. That's the wandering. So then what does he mean to say here that her behavior is as beautiful as Ketairus? She went back to idol worship. What does he mean by that? So the explanation. The reason that Rashi says that Keturah is Hagar is not so much about the words here, Keturah Hagar. It's more of a big general question that Rashi has about the whole story with Avram and Hagar. We know Rashi told us that Avram used to convert the men and Sari used to convert the women. And so the question is that every child would have Avram was able to exert influence on bringing uh, people under the, the wings of Hashem, people that were distant from him, that he had very little to do with, people that he just met. Yet his own family, Hagar Yishmol, they went back to idol worship. How is it that Avram was not able to influence Hagar, that she should go back to idol worship, at least if she went away? We know by Yishmol, Yishmol did tshuva during the lifetime of Avram Avinu. As we know that when they went to the Akedah, even though he had sent them away from the house earlier, by the time the Akedah came, Rashi tells us that El Na'arav, the two youths that went with Avram, were Yishmol and Eliezer. So Yishmol was obviously back. But what about Hagar? Where is she in all this? What happened to Hagar is the, out, the, the sort of in-your-face question about the story with Avram and and Hagar. And you might say that, you know, she went away, so he lost influence over her, he lost communication with her, how was he supposed to influence her? But we know that she had come back, because if Yishmol was back, as we just said by the Akedah, then she must have been with him as well. Stands to reason that they went as a family. So she was at least in his close influence, and why didn't he influence her to do children? So that's why Rashi says over here, 
Tura, this is Hagar. She didn't go away forever. She came back. She was part of, she did come back to Avram. She did do tshuva. In fact, the word Keturah means that her behavior once again became as beautiful as Keturah's. Not that she did indeed go back to the idol worship, but she did come back to Avram and her, changed her behavior to be as beautiful as Keturah's. But that's not enough of an answer because the question would still remain if Hagar went away and perhaps she hooked up with somebody else, she got married to somebody else, is Avram going to take her back after she was with someone else, married to somebody else? Avram was such a, so, so medayik and sneeze, he was so modest in his behavior, especially that this comes right after the story about Yitzchak bringing Rivka into his, the tent and it became Sarah's tent in other words, showing us the, the righteousness of Rivka and Sarah and their extreme tznias. And now we're going to, Avram is going to take a woman that was uh, with somebody else. That's why Rashi says, no, Torah also means that she, uh, she made herself exclusive. She tied herself off from anybody else only to be with Avram. Even though they were separated, she had nothing to do with anybody else. Now it makes sense that Avram could take her back. So now, based on this explanation, we can answer three th- questions about this story, about this pasuk, at least the three questions are, why does it in, ba- in fact say Vayosef? If he took back the same wife, why is it called Vayosef? And he added, he didn't add, he took back his, all, his uh, previous wife. Even though you could answer, you could simply, you could answer because he took her again, that's what Vayetzev means, especially that her earlier she had been a slave, a shivcha. Now we took her as an isha, or at least a pelegish, whether with a ksuba or without a ksuba, but certainly she went up in level in terms of the marriage, and there, therefore it's called Vayetzev. But certainly it would, make, uh, it would be better explained the way Chesidus explains it, as we'll presently see, that it's a true Vayetzev, not just simply a new uh, sort of more of the same. Another question, why is it that we compare her behavior specifically to Ketairis? There are many things that you compare, you could compare nice behavior to. Why did the Rashi pick Ketairis? Or the Ketairis, Ketairis, Ketairis. And also, why does the Ketairis tell us that Hagar did Shuvah by telling us that Avram took her as a wife? That's the way it be, it, it's known to us that she did in fact do Shuvah. So the explanation is, Chassidus explains the difference between the way Avram Avinu, his Avaida before he had his bris, and after he had his bris. There was a, a big difference. Before he had his bris, he was Avram, which means a father that is elevated, removed. He was not involved with the world around him. He was elevated and removed from the world. He could only work his Avaida in Oilemus Ruchnim, in the spiritual worlds, in places of Kedusha, but he was unable to penetrate the world of Klippa and to be able to elevate that after his bris. So then he became Avraham, which means Ava Goyim. Now suddenly he was able to have his influence on the Goyim as well, and he was able to elevate them because now he had the ability to go down into the world and to be able to elevate and refine even the physical world, the Klippa, and so on. How did this happen? This happened primarily through Sarah, because Sarah, she was, when you deal with Klippas Neuga, 
which means there are elements of the world that should be rejected, that are removed from Ketusha, and there are parts of the world which are having them a spark of Ketusha. And she was able to determine which is the, uh, or separate out the, the chaff from the, 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 the negativity from the positive. She rejected the negative. That's why Shalach send away the Vesbana, uh, send away Hagar and her son. There's no good in them to be found in them. They're just waste. We've got to get rid of them. And we will focus, we will elevate what is good and holy. That was how it happened with the way Sarah did it, because she dealt with Klippas Neuge. But then when she passed away, and Avraham Avinu went to work, so he had a whole new approach. He was able now to transform even the Klippa. He was able to take Tura and Yishmael and bring them back, even though they were Sholosh Klippas at Meis. He was still able to elevate them. He had the ability to do that. And that's called Vayosef. That is the meaning of he added a whole new dimension came about. And the added dimension was both in the world, that suddenly it was possible to elevate even the unholy elements of the world, as well as Avram. He needed to be able to draw from a much higher level, from Atmos, from the essence of Hashem, in order to be able to, be, to elevate also negative, even the, the evil, because from Atmos we say that there is no over there. Who knows the difference between good and evil? He doesn't know if he likes the tzaddikim better or the shayim better because everything is equal there. So if, you, if Avram was able to reach into Atzvah, suddenly he was able to also elevate even Gibel Klippus Atmeis. And that's the Vayosef, that's the additional element. Something new came about. That's also why it's compared to Ketiris because we know that Ketiris has 11 different spices that make up the Ketiris. Why 11? Because Klippa is also numbered 11. Ketusha is 10, no more than 10. Because the, the Oyer and the Kalim are merged and one and united. So each Keli has its Oyer that penetrates it and is absorbed by it and they become one entity. So there is 10 Kalim, 10 Oyer spheres. But Klippa, the Oyer is not able to penetrate into the Keli because it's Klippa. So therefore the Oyer always remains separate. So there is 11 elements. And the point of Ketiris is to elevate the, the 11 elements of Klippa. So that's why Ketiris, that was the whole idea here, that we're trying to elim- uh, elevate also Klippa just like Ketiris. And the reason it's told in the context of Avram remarrying or marrying uh, Ketura is because marriage, which is the point is to bring to children, which is the ultimate of in this world, that's the ultimate of a whole new, a new vayosef, of new uh, energy, a whole new idea. That's why it's brought in connection with marriage and having children. This could explain also an, an interesting Gemara that needs explanation. The, the Gemara tells a story that the nephews of Reptarfen were sitting in front of him and they were not saying any words of Torah. So he started the conversation in order to trigger a conversation. He said, Quoted the Pasuk, Vayosef Avram Vayikach Isha Ushma Yoichani. He didn't say Keturah. So they responded, the Pasuk says Keturah. So he said, Ah, you're Bnei Keturah. You're like the sons of Keturah. So this story needs explanation. First of all, why talk about it? Why say insulting things about the nephews of Reptarfen? We don't even talk negatively about animals, the Torah does. So why bring this story all together? What's the lesson? 
And why does he quote a Pasuk incorrectly and the, this Pasuk specifically? What is the explanation of all that? And why did he say Yoichani? Shmo Yoichani? Why did he choose that name? It would seem that he should say Hagar. Hagar is at least, if it's not accurate, that's not what the Torah says, but at least in essence it's correct because she was Hagar. So this could be explained based on what the Chazal tell us that anyone who teaches his son, someone else's son Torah, it's as if he gave birth to him. As if he, Yoldoi, gave birth to him. Because when you teach somebody Torah, it's like you make him into an entirely new person. So even though it says Kolam Alamid, which might seem also, might uh, mean that even if you're just teaching him a new subject, he's learned Torah before, so you're not really transforming him completely, but certainly that this pertains more to somebody that is truly teaching them, uh, teaching someone a new idea. They've never learned Torah before. Now you teach them Torah, so you've made him into a new person. That would certainly be more of this idea that you transform him into a new person and therefore he's your child. That's why Rashi, when he explains that by the Pasuk, these are the children of Aaron and Moshe, and the, the Torah only lists the children of Aaron. So Rashi says, they're called the children of Moshe because he taught them Torah on the day that Hashem taught him Torah, spoke to him at Sinai. So they became Nasu Elu They became his children. Here Rashi doesn't say Ki'ilu, it says if he gave birth to them. Here it says they became his children because until then there was no, they weren't teaching Torah. Hashem gave the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu taught it to the children of Aaron. They became his children. He truly brought them into the first time of learning Torah. That's different than just teaching them another subject. And that's the meaning of this story as well. Reb Tarfin saw that his nephews, they weren't really, they weren't, they weren't studying Torah. They weren't in that zone. They didn't do that. They weren't capable of that. And he wanted to bring them into that. He wanted to give birth to them, create a new, new person out of them. So therefore he quoted a Pasuk which talks about that, Vayosef Avram, and Avram added, he made a whole new, brought about a whole new dimension. He spoke, he gave birth, he married and he gave birth. That's why he brought that Pasuk specifically. Because that's, the sub, that's what he was trying to accomplish. And that's why he used the term, the, the name Yoichani, because Yoichanan, the Gemara says, means Nisei Nisim, miracles of miracles. He was trying to bring out a miracle, something that is new and miraculous, and making them into B'nai Torah, as well as Yoichani also has to do with children, as we see in Yeladim HaShachanan HaLekimus Avdecha. So therefore... And so Yoichani means children, birth, miracles, and that's what he was trying to accomplish with them. And, perha- and perhaps we can explain that why does he, why did he refer to them as Bnei Keturah? He meant it in a positive way. The Rambam says that Bnei Keturah, which were the children of Avram, are Chayev B'mila. Now Mila is something meaning to say that Avram Avinu elevated his son, those sons, to people that were Chayev B'mila, they had a connection to Mila. Mila is very, very special. It transcends even Shemavaya because Mila is the Rosh Tevis as we <coughs> of Mi Yala Lono Hashemayma, which the first letters of those words is Mila. The last letters of those same words are Havaya. So the first words precede the last. Uh, the first letters precede the last letters. So Mila is even higher than Shemavaya. And that's what Avram Avinu brought the Bnei Torah to. And that's what 
Reb Tarfim was saying to them, you're like B'nai Keturah, you could be elevated too, I want to elevate you too, transcend Havaya to go to a place where a whole new, make a whole new mensch out of you, because you'll learn Torah.